Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description. And welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we'll be looking at the 1993 movie Hocus Pocus. This is the third episode in our spooky series celebrating the Halloween films owned by Disney. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of each scene, but rather giving our impressions of the overall film and the songs from the film. We'll also be giving a score to the film and ranking the songs. So grab some candy, sit back, and enjoy this episode. Hocus Pocus is a 1993 American fantasy comedy film directed by Kenny Ortega and written by Neil Cuthbert and Mick Garris. The film follows a villainous comedy trio of witches, the Sanderson sisters, who are inadvertently resurrected by a teenage boy in Salem, Massachusetts on Halloween night. The film was released in the United States on July 16, 1993 by Walt Disney Pictures. The film received mixed reviews from critics at the time of its release. It was not a critical or commercial success upon its release, possibly losing Disney around $16.5 million during its theatrical run. However, largely through many annual airings on Disney Channel and Freeform, formerly ABC Family, All throughout the month of October annually, Hocus Pocus has been rediscovered by audiences, resulting in a yearly spike in home video sales of the film every Halloween season. The annual celebration of Halloween has helped make the film a cult classic among American women born in the 80s and early 90s. Do you feel personally attacked there? (laughs) No, we'll move on. A sequel written by Jen D'Angelo, and directed by Anne Fletch, is set for a 2022 release and is currently in development as a Disney Plus original film. The film's producers were David Kishner and Stephen Half. The film stars Bette Midler as Winifred Winnie Sanderson, Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah Sanderson, which when I was a kid messed me up so much when actors had the same name as their characters. I don't know about you, but that that always confused me. Kathy Najimy as Mary Sanderson. Omri Katz as Max Dennison. Thora Birch as Danny Dennison. Vanessa Shaw. mm, Vanessa Shaw as Allison. No, no laughter. I thought that might get a little. Sorry. Jason Marston as the voice of Thackeray Binks. Doug Jones as Billy Butcherson, and I put this in here with a cameo appearance as Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall, 
as the Master Devil and Medusa Lady, just because I like them. They make me laugh. <laughs> the film had a budget of $28 million, or $52.9 million today, and earned $44.9 million, or $84.8 million today at the box office. Now, some of you may be wondering, how could it have had a loss when it earned more money? What you do is you take a film's budget and you double it. Because as much money is spent on making a movie, a studio pays that same amount on uh, marketing it. So, you know, with it having a, a budget of $28 million, what was actually spent was $56 million, And then it only earned $44.9 million, And that's how it lost at the box office. Or lost money at the box office, I should say. So we're diving into the plot. And I found it interesting rewatching this because I had forgotten this because I just caught it on TV over the years. The opening credits, a book opening. <laughs> yeah, a little a little Disney nod there, I thought. I know. It's like the old animated movies. Great. And I also wrote down that I enjoy the opening credits being a point of view shot of Sarah flying over the town of Salem. I thought that was a cute way to, like, yeah, she's on her broomstick. Nice. Yeah. On October 31st, 1693, in Salem, Massachusetts, Thackeray Binks, which I always thought it was Zachary as a kid. I didn't find out until my late 20s that it was Thackeray. Thackeray Binks witnesses his little sister, Emily, being whisked away to the woods by the Sanderson sisters, three witches named Winifred, Sarah, and Mary. And by the way, I just want to let everyone know, Ashley is in charge of our Twitter account. So if you have anything to say to her about what she says about this movie, you can direct it to the Twitter account. That's once again, pod, all one word on Twitter. What he's <clears throat> alluding to is this is not my favorite movie. And we will get into reasons why I'm not a fan. But, you know, I will say I, I like these scenes. I like these early scenes. Okay. All right. Trying to cover your tracks, I see. <laughs> so in this opening scene, we do have a bit of a of a song called Sarah's Theme. And the, we'll see more of it later in the film. But nothing too crazy. You know, it's just a one or two lines. I give it a five out of ten. Just average. Yeah, I would say that too. It's not really a song in of itself so much as it's just a little taste of what we get later in the movie. Yeah. Which Sarah Jessica Parker is a classically trained singer. I think her first role was actually playing Annie in Annie the Musical on Broadway. So, you know, she has a pretty nice voice. Also, we do get one of the uh, iconic lines from this movie. The another glorious morning makes me sick. Yeah, you're right. Line. And, yeah. you know, just wanted to bring that up. I do. I do enjoy that line. Okay. Yeah. Anytime you want to cut in with anything, feel free to. Because my uh, summary here is just very vague it's not scene for scene at their cottage the witches cast a spell on emily to absorb her youth and regain their own killing her in the process thackeray confronts the witches but is transformed into a black cat cursed with immortality and i wrote in my notes here that thackeray must be tough as heck to be able to hold on to a cauldron that it has boiling liquid in it to pour out the contents because he grabs onto it with his hands it's an iron cauldron that has boiling liquid. I just think it's crazy that these three witches cannot catch Thackeray for most of the scene. Like, yeah. you are witches. Use yeah. magic. What are we doing? But then at the same time, he kind of just stands there and lets them cast their yeah. spell. <laughs> like, you know, 
I also, I want to note that Winifred's book of spells is so creepy and realistic. Oh yeah, that eye and everything. It's it's very yeah. well done. Suddenly, the townsfolk, led by Thackeray's friend Elijah and Binks's father, arrest the sisters and sentence them to be hanged for the murder of Thackeray and Emily. Before their execution, Winifred casts a spell that will resurrect the sisters during a full moon on All Hallows' Eve when any virgin lights the black flame candle. Thackeray decides to guard the cottage to ensure no one summons the witches. Why did it take them so long to get to the cottage? Thackeray got there after the witches pretty damn quickly. And it took these townsfolk so long to get there. If they had gotten there in the time that it had taken Thackeray, the children would have been saved and nothing would have happened. Yeah, agreed. I don't know. It, there's, there's not even an excuse that, oh, it was first thing in the morning because like we're going back to 1693. People were up before sunrise like back yeah, then. Yeah, surely it didn't take that long to like grab Thackeray's father, grab some other men in the village and run over there. Like what were they doing? Now, uh, I'll say we didn't see them. We didn't see the villagers until the witches are actually being hanged. So maybe, you know, they had to put on their pantaloons and, you know, their garters and you know the the 20 layers of clothing that people used to wear back then before they chased after the witches i don't know maybe i don't know three centuries later on october 31st 1993 max denison is feeling unsettled from his family's sudden move from los angeles california to salem on halloween max takes his younger sister danny out trick-or-treating where they meet max's new crush allison in an effort to impress Allison, Max invites her to show him the Sanderson house to convince him the witches are real. All right, I have a lot to say here. Go Mostly, ahead. You, you know what's going to... Max is awful. Like, yeah. uh, Max is a know-it-all, a show-off in this moment. But, like, it's not even just Max that's terrible in these scenes. It's also the teacher and the other students who are also putting Max down as the new kid. And the teacher's backing it up. I hate everyone in this scene. They're all bad. This entire scene annoys me. I'm like, no. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm four years older than you. Uh, you know, I remember the 90s a little more clearly. That, that's, you know, that, that's how it was. The teachers, you know, it was brutal. We had to walk uphill both, both ways in five feet of snow. And then we were ridiculed by our teachers when we got there and beaten with canes and they were all nuns. <laughs> like I said, I have a lot to say. Then we got the two bullies and like yes. the one named Ice carved his ice in the back of his hair. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, they're bad too. And completely filler. Whenever they're in scenes, assume we don't even need that scene in this movie because we don't, they don't need to be in this movie. Yeah. Like they add nothing to the plot. They're filler to make this movie longer. Well, I think because Max is such an unlikable character, especially early on, they're there to show worse versions. Like they're there to be worse than Max. I suppose. Yeah. Also, it bugs me that he like doesn't want to take his sister trick-or-treating. I'm like, go get that candy. You are not too old to get candy. If you were a teenager and you're listening to this, you are not too old enough to go get that candy. You are not an adult. Go get candy. Yeah, as long as you don't the adults have- at the, If the adults at the door want to yell at you, get your freaking candy. It doesn't matter. Don't listen to them. They're wrong. <laughs> I, I, I would preface just to say, don't drive to the houses that you're trick-or-treating to if that. you're a teenager. Yeah, you still have to walk. Um, but inside the Sanderson Cottage, 
now a former museum, Max lights the black flame candle and inadvertently resurrects the witches due to his virginity. The witches attempt to suck the soul out of Danny, but Max comes to her rescue. Escaping, Max steals Winifred's spell book on advice from Thackeray, who now goes by his last name of Binks. The witches pursue them to an old cemetery where Winifred raises her unfaithful lover, Billy Butcherson, as a zombie to chase them on foot. Okay. My only issue with this scene is, so Binks can talk. Yes. Apparently his family never knew what happened to him. Why didn't he just tell his family that he was Thackeray? I've always summed it up as over the 300 years, because cats have two sets of vocal cords in real life. And I just assumed over the 300 years, he learned how to talk again using his two vocal cords. Um, The fact that he sounds exactly the same as he did as a human is pretty impressive. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, he does He does try to go up to his father when the witches are being hanged and like r- he rubs against him and everything and yeah. his father's like, away beast. Like, oh no, dude. <laughs> like, well, that's because he asks, what happened to my son? And, yeah. it, and the cat's like rubbing like it's me. I'm right yeah. here. Yeah. But again, he could talk. Why didn't he do it sooner? It, but it's one of those things that just... We got, we, got to, we got to move on. <laughs> I know. Um, the witches try to acclimate to the 20th century, but are horrified when they discover Halloween has become a festival of disguises. They pursue the children across the town using Mary's enhanced sense of smell. Max, Danny, and Allison find their parents at the City Hall Halloween party, where Winifred enchants the partygoers to dance until they die. At Jacob Bailey High School, the children trap the witches in a kiln to burn them alive. While the children are celebrating, the witch's curse revives them. So I have two notes about the songs. So the first song is Witchcraft. It's a classic song, not an original for the film, but I enjoyed the guy's voice who was singing it. So I give it an eight out of 10. And then the second song, I put a spell on you, probably the most famous song from the film. Although I also don't think this is an original. Uh, I think this was a song beforehand and it has high energy and would probably, I would probably put it on my Halloween playlist. And that also got an eight out of 10. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And they are good songs. This is probably one of the better scenes of this Mm -hmm. movie. I do have stuff to back up a little too. Go ahead. I do love the witches learning about like 20th century stuff, like being shocked that there's a road Mm -hmm. and when the firefighters show up to their house like all that i love the witches and then reacting to like the buses and getting on a bus like anything that they're doing hilarious to me it's great and Uh, oh go ahead sorry no you can go go there is so much horny energy in this movie like it's really ridiculous i mean obviously the bus driver but even like the parents and that cop and his well the fake cop and his girlfriend and everything like oh yeah it's there's only horny energy in this entire movie yeah and 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 to be fair at at halloween time in the real world there does seem to be more horny energy in adults but um yeah all the adults in this movie have very horny energy i will say though that i do not like the parents at all uh, yeah. They're at this party. Keep in mind that it's confirmed early in the movie that they've only moved to this town like a week ago. And they are at this party, dancing, 
having a good time. Take care of your children. You just moved a week ago and it's a holiday and your one child's upset because he has no friends and you moved him like right before a holiday? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then you should be taking your daughter. Don't make him take her. Like he's already having a hard enough time. Like take care of your damn kids. Agreed. You're some of the worst Disney parents in existence. Wow. That's, that's a bold statement. Uh, once again, you can reach Ashley on Twitter at once again, pod. <laughs> I want to uh, say I'm not the only one who's thought this. There's definitely a TikTok I saw where somebody was like, these, these parents, they're terrible. No, they're bad parents. But to say uh, they're, they're among the worst in, in Disney, whew, that's the, the... I would say definitely among the worst of like live action Disney, I would okay, say. Like right, not, right. maybe not animated. Animated Disney its own special like yeah. parental issues, but live action, like Disney, like you know, you were saying this was always on Disney Channel. Like to me, this is like a decom movie. If I'm comparing this to other decom movies, uh, this is they're they're definitely bad comparatively. That's something too about this film. It has, uh, I guess you would call it the Mandela effect. A lot of people think that this is a Disney Channel original movie because it was on Disney Channel so much, but no, it it did get a box office release and everything. Um, yeah, uh, I believe it because it's it. You know what, too? It's got decom vibes. Like, besides the weird horny energy, like the rest of this film is very Disney Channel original movie vibes. Yeah. I wonder, too, if they had these musical numbers in there before, like Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker were cast. I mean, like, because especially if you're going to get Bette Midler in the 90s, she's going to sing a song, at least one yeah. song. But let's let's move forward in the plot. Not realizing the witches have survived, Max and Allison open the spell book, intending to reverse the spell on Binks, which so stupid. Um, the open spell book reveals the location of the group, and the witches track them down, kidnap Danny and Binks, and recover the spell book. Sarah uses her siren-like song to entice Salem's children, luring them to Sanderson to the Sanderson cottage. Max and Allison rescue Danny and Binks by tricking the witches into believing that the sunrise was an hour early. Thinking they are done for, the witches panic and pass out, allowing Max, Danny, Allison, and Binks to escape. Smiley note here is that we get the full version of Sarah's theme. I think it's the most famous original song from the movie. It is very short, but it's supposed to be a spell and not necessarily a song. And I do enjoy Sarah Jessica Parker's voice, but it's just a six out of 10 for me say seven out of ten this is a song i think of a lot more even than more so than i put a spell on you when i think of this movie like for me yeah. anyway no that's fine i i could i can see that uh, my only thing i want to note too here is uh this is when they fly on vacuums instead of broom yeah which is also hilarious yeah and modern day flying materials if you will i, I in the 2022 movie i guess they'll fly on roombas or something <laughs> please yeah. i would die yeah. Anything else you want to say, or should I move on? Maybe a Swifter. There, oh, there you go. Yeah. What, yep. Okay. <laughs> that works. Back at the cemetery, the group is ambushed by Billy, who then takes Max's knife, cuts open his stitched up mouth, and insults Winifred, therefore joining Max, Allison, Danny, and Binks against the witches. The witches attack and Winifred attempts to use the last vial of potion to suck the soul from Danny. Binks leaps onto Winifred and knocks the potion out of her hand, 
Max drinks the potion, forcing the witches to take him instead of Danny, which I love. Like that moment, like not only is Max redeeming, in my opinion, but also it shows Winifred's true character because she says, What a fool to sacrifice your life for your sister. Like it's like you, you, you know, Winifred wouldn't do it for her two sisters. Meanwhile, her two sisters were like right there. Exactly. <laughs> The sun starts to rise just as Winifred is about to finish draining Max's life force. In an ensuing struggle, Allison, Danny, and Billy fend off Mary and Sarah, and Max and Winifred fall onto the hollow ground in the cemetery, causing Winifred to turn to stone. As the sun finishes rising above the horizon, Mary and Sarah are disintegrated into dust along with Winifred's stone body. I do love all the like all these scenes are great but you know I do want to like back up a bit to when Billy was telling her to go to hell yeah. I do think it's funny that she says it was lovely there yeah she, they've been there before well earlier in the movie they mistake Gary Marshall for the devil because he's dressed yes, up like the devil which is hilarious yeah and I didn't realize as a kid that Penny Marshall which by the way uh, I know they play a married couple in the movie but they're brother and sister in real life Penny Marshall was supposed to be like Medusa. I didn't get that that was like snakes in her hair. I just thought that she had like curlers or something in her hair. Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah. Yeah, the two of them, very funny. Uh, You know, they both had successful comedy TV shows separately. And usually they appear in each other's movies. Um, Like one of them directs a movie and the other one will have a bit part in it. So I just, I I threw them in with the cast because I enjoy their work. Yeah. So moving right along, with the witches gone, Danny, Max, and Allison say goodbye to Billy as he returns to his grave. Binks finally dies, freeing his soul. Appearing as a spirit, Binks thanks the group for their help and bids farewell to them as he is reunited with the spirit of Emily. That was a pretty emotional scene, especially as a kid, like seeing the cat, that he, he does the sad cat whine, and then they find him and Danny's all upset about him being dead. But then you, you get a spirit saying, hey, don't be upset about it. Yeah, I cried. But also, yeah. I own a black cat. So seeing yeah. a black cat is like, oh, but yeah. kitty. It's, it, it's upsetting. Finally, the exhausted party goers, including Max and Danny's parents, oblivious to their enchantment, are freed when the spell is broken. Meanwhile, at the Sanderson Cottage, Ice and Jay who previously tormented Max and Danny, remained imprisoned in their cages, singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat to pass the time. Winifred's spell book is seen opening its eye, revealing it is still alive and the witches could possibly return again. Which obviously they will, because there's the Hocus Pocus 2 coming out next Halloween season. Yeah. What what will it be? Nearly 30 years later? 29 years later? 1993 to 2022 yeah 29 years but hey if there's a demand for it i'm sure it'll do well anything else you want to say about these or should we go into our overall scores we can go into overall scores okay so for me i feel like this is a standard halloween time like a standard for halloween time growing up watching it on disney channel and abc family probably had something to do with it is it overrated sure but I still think it's a solid 7.5 out of 10. And once again, before Ashley talks, I just want to remind you guys, you could reach her on Twitter at once again, pod, all one word. So go ahead, Ashley, give, uh, give your opinion. Oh my God. All right. 
So I'm just saying, I, I'm okay with this movie. It's just, it's not something I would gravitate towards. Like after watching, I haven't seen it in years. And after watching this, I don't think I will watch it again for many years to come because it's not something I personally would gravitate towards. I think what people love about this is the the sisters, the witches, and how iconic they are, and how iconic like Binks is and Billy Butcherson is. And I like those. I think all those things are great. I think that's what makes this movie great. But I think the movie is really bogged down by the children characters all being kind of terrible. I'm not rooting for them in any way, shape, or form. Like mm. if the witches killed them, I'd be like, oh well. Like, I'm not rooting for them. And it's hard to watch a movie where you're supposed to kind of be at least partially rooting for them without being like, Danny's a very annoying little sister who's kind of overbearing in her own right. Right. You got Max, who is very unlikable. Allison's kind of also just there. And it's like, she's not doing enough for me to warrant rooting for her either. She's not really her own person. She's just kind of the exposition to explain things to Danny and Max more so than be somebody on her own Hmm. and then you got all the terrible adults and the weird fillers that happen like I said with uh Jay and Ice like they don't need to be in this movie and I think taking them out wouldn't change any of the plot so much they just wouldn't be there right no I, I I I agree with your criticism I still you know it's probably nostalgia but I have a special place for this movie I, I would watch it every Halloween. Not every Halloween, but I would watch it every Halloween season. It's not and like my score would be like a five out of ten because again, oh. I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just not saying it's for me. And I personally would not choose to watch it. They're coming for you. Oh, I'm sure they are. <laughs> Come at me and tell me I'm wrong. No, I, I think all your criticism is fair. I, I also just think that um you know, it's a, it's a typical nineties movie. It's a, it's a product of its time. Generally the biggest flaw I think is um, Max being an unlikable character until he's redeemed at the end, because if you're going to have Max be an unlikable character and his sister be the annoying little sister, that's throughout all of nineties movies and the girl that he's interested just be there. Like she doesn't really have a character uh, even though she's played by the gorgeous Vanessa Shaw, <laughs> but you, nope, still didn't get anything. All right. Um, even though, like, you can't have all that and the parents. Like, you, you have to have a likable character as your protagonist if you're going to have all these characters around them be terrible. Yeah. Like, I think if Max was like the, you know, great big brother who loves his sister and is willing to do anything, like if he was uh, the overprotective, like, oh well, I have to take you trick or treating and I have to yeah. and, like taking care of her. Like, I'd be much more involved and like, much more likely to enjoy him and want him to win. And then maybe I could understand the bullies being there, too, because they'd be bullying the two of them. And he'd be like, hey, don't you treat my little sister like that? Instead yeah. of being like, God, Danny, why are you embarrassing us and getting us involved with the bullies? You should have just walked away like I told you. Yeah. What? Uh, and all they had to really do was put the hating living in Salem wanting to be back in California on Danny instead of on Max like they could have made Max be the protective big brother and be and want to take her out trick-or-treating like like she's depressed about being there and he's like oh come on we're in Salem it's like the scariest town in America or you know 
whatever yeah. the spookiest town in America. It's the Halloween town of America, yeah. especially. LA is much scarier to live in than, than uh, Salem, for the record. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Salem's the spookiest town in America. Like, let's like go trick or treating. Let's do the like if if they had him be a positive character, that would have worked much better. But it it was a bunch of 90 90s cliches all rolled up together. You have the unlikable protagonist who does have a redeeming arc at the end. You have his vapid girlfriend who's got nothing there to her character. The annoying little sister, the awful parent. It doesn't all. It doesn't work when they're all together. You have to have a likable person. Yeah, there's not a single character that's yeah good enough to like make up for all the other things. Yeah, you want if you want your protagonist to be moody and miserable, then everyone else has to be great. Like, Which works in the favor of the villains because again, I really like the witches. I think yeah. they're great characters. I think it's funny to watch them experiencing the 20th century. Like that's all gimmicky and hilarious to me. Like that makes for good comedy. Billy Butcherson is hilarious and great for me. Like even when he's trying to chase down the kids, but like right. at the end, like he's a good character. Banks and like maybe Banks is supposed to be our redeeming character, but it's a cat. Right. Like I'm not saying like oh it's a cat I don't care but like he's not one of the human protagonists that we're supposed to be rooting for right like, and he, even Binks is kind of like come on you idiot get with it <laughs> like he, and understandably so he's been protecting this place for 300 years he was off you know doing whatever for five seconds and this kid comes around and lights the candle and everything but anything else you'd like to say about it or no, I think I just said all I've needed to say. And you said your favorite song was uh, uh, Sarah's theme? Yeah, Okay. I, yeah. I do like that. Like, that's the one I think of. Like, I know I Put a Spell on You is probably the more iconic song, but like, mm. when I think of this movie, and even when I'm not thinking about this movie, that's the song I think of, and then I go, oh yeah, that's from Hocus Pocus. I don't think I Put a Spell on You. Like, it's not in my head right. the same way. Well, Presumably, if the sequel comes out in 2022, it'll be out around this same time next year. And uh, maybe we'll do an episode on that. And maybe it'll rock our socks or something. Maybe, you know, it would be interesting to see that. I, I would imagine they would do something like, oh, it's um, Max Max's kids or Danny's kids or something now. Like, I don't know if uh, Max or Danny or any of them are supposed to be in the show, but like, I would love to see like Danny and her kids. Maybe like again, not Max because I'm not like I'm over it. We don't need him. I think Danny's kids would be much more likely to like listen to her. I'm sure she's talked about Binks before. Like, mm. I can definitely see a world where that fits. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see when it when it comes out. This has been the Once Again Podcast. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to either our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at onceagainpod. We also have an Instagram account, onceagainpod. If you'd like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. And as always, a like, follow, or share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.